A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am glad you're with me on the program today. We're going to be talking about the uh, latest insanity out of uh, Massachusetts. John Rosenthal from uh, Stop Handgun Violence in the Boston Globe teaming up to call for a ban on so-called assault weapons in large capacity magazines. We've heard that before, but uh, there is a unique twist to this particular call. We'll get to that uh, in just one second. Before we do, however, you know, Biden's America is simply crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. America's working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat the next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. So the uh, Boston Globe, by the way, Boston Globe has been on a tear uh, over the, uh, I mean, it's always been a paper that I would consider to be fairly hostile to the right to keep bare arms. But uh, man, they have really just been on a, a crusade over the past year or two. Uh, and in the editorial pages and uh, online, you will now find a, a big banner asking people to uh, sign this petition, calling on Congress to, quote, ban assault weapons. We the undersigned, they write, uh, implore Congress to enact a new national ban on all military-style assault weapons and ammunition magazines greater than five rounds. That's right. We and the law-abiding people we serve should be provided the same respect and consideration our hunting laws currently provide to protect population of game animals. It will save lives and will not infringe on law-abiding citizens' rights. Uh, it won't? Well, that's news to me because, again, types of magazines they're now calling on to be banned are in lawful use. By tens of millions of Americans. We're talking about the most commonly owned magazines around. Magazines that can hold more than five rounds of ammunition. You won't find too many magazines out there these days that can hold five rounds or less, quite honestly. But uh, yes, this is what the uh, anti-gunners are demanding in Massachusetts. Uh, and they are spinning some tails uh, in support of their ban. As the uh, John Rosenthal penned op-ed notes at the Boston Globe, uh, Antonin, well, I, hang on, I want to I back up here before I uh, put the, uh, the quote uh, in. Rosenthal uh, wrote that uh, as Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia wrote in the 2008 District of Columbia versus Heller ruling, like most rights, the Second Amendment is not unlimited. It is not a right to carry and keep any weapon whatsoever, in any manner whatsoever, and for whatever purpose. Okay, fair enough. But here is where Rosenthal goes off the rails. He says that Scalia further noted that present-day military-style assault weapons did not exist at the time of the founding and are not protected by the Second Amendment. 
which is an absolute and outright falsehood. DC versus Heller, of course, was about Washington, D.C.'s ban on handguns, as well as the storage requirement that mandated existing gun owners who had, uh, you know, registered their firearms before handguns were banned in 1976, had to keep their firearms locked up, ammunition stored separately, unavailable for use in self-defense. And the Supreme Court struck down both of those laws. D.C.'s ban on handguns, as well as the storage requirement. But it did not weigh in on the legality or the constitutionality of bans on other types of firearms. In 2010, Supreme Court shuts down uh, Chicago's ban on handguns, a case called McDonald versus the city of Chicago. And then a few years later, uh, this was in 2016, I believe. Yes, 2016, March 21st. Um, the Supreme Court unanimously issues a uh, eight-nothing opinion shortly after the uh, death of Antonin Scalia in a case called Catano versus Massachusetts. Now, the state of Massachusetts. And again, I think it's important to note that we are talking about the state of Massachusetts, where John Rosenthal of Stop Handgun Violence is located, where the Boston Globe obviously is publishing. state of Massachusetts had banned stun guns. And a uh, woman named Jamie Catano was arrested and charged with violating that state's ban on stun guns. case went all the way up to the Supreme Court, which issued a per curiam opinion, a unanimous opinion of the court. Uh, and this is from uh, Oyez.com kind of summarizing what the court said. Uh, in its per curiam opinion, the court held that although stun guns are unusual in nature and were not common during the enactment of the Second Amendment, in fact, they did not exist at the time of the Second Amendment, they are included in the Second Amendment's protections. To hold otherwise would be inconsistent with the Supreme Court's decision in D.C. versus Heller, which held that Second Amendment protections extend to arms that were uh, not in existence at the time of the founding. And again, this is a unanimous opinion by the Supreme Court. Justice Sam Alito filed a concurring opinion, which he also reiterated the importance of access to self-defense as well as the right afforded by the Second Amendment. Justice Clarence Thomas joined in that concurring opinion, but not even Sonia Sotomayor or Elena Kagan disagreed with the idea that stun guns, though they were not in existence at the time of the Second Amendment's ratification, were in fact arms that are in common use for lawful purposes and are therefore protected by the Second Amendment today. Now, I would argue, correctly by the way, that modern sporting rifles are more common than stun guns in this country, also used for a variety of lawful purposes. Magazines that can hold more than five rounds, again, same thing, used for a variety of lawful purposes, yes, including hunting in some cases, as well as competitive shooting, and obviously self-defense, which means that John Rosenthal is simply making stuff up when he says that Antonin Scalia said that, wow, so what was it exists at the time of the nation's founding, therefore they're not protected by the Second Amendment. The Supreme Court's actually said the exact opposite. Arms that were not in use uh, at the time of the Second Amendment's ratification are, are not presumptively unconstitutional. That's not the uh, that that's not the test. And I'm going to quote uh, from the Catano uh, decision itself. 
because it's a pretty short opinion. The court has held that the Second Amendment extends prima facie to all instruments that constitute bearable arms, even those that were not in existence at the time of the founding. Now, that does not mean that uh, just because of that statement, uh, bans on so-called assault weapons are unconstitutional. But on the face of it, right, which is what prima facie means, on their face, to begin with, we start with the presumption that all instruments that constitute bearable arms, even those that were not in existence at the time of the founding, are in fact protected by the Second Amendment. In particular, the state of Massachusetts offered up a couple of arguments as to why stun guns should have been banned. Uh, they said, first, stun guns not protected because they're not in common use at the time of the Second Amendment's enactment. As the Supreme Court replied, this is inconsistent with Heller's clear statement that the Second Amendment extends to arms that were not in existence at the time of the founding. Again, another clear refutation of John Rosenthal's assertion. The Massachusetts uh, Supreme Judicial Court then asked whether stun guns were dangerous per se at common law and unusual in an attempt to apply, quote, one important limitation on the right to keep and carry arms, referring to the historical tradition of prohibiting the carrying of dangerous and unusual weapons. In doing so, Supreme Court wrote, the court concluded that stun guns are unusual because they are a thoroughly modern invention. But the court noted, Supreme Court noted, by equating unusual with in common use at the time of the Second Amendment's enactment, the court's second explanation is the same as the first. It is also inconsistent with Heller for the same reason. Finally, the Massachusetts court used a contemporary lens and found nothing in the record to suggest that stun guns are readily adjustable or adaptable to use in the military. But as the Supreme Court noted in Catano, Heller rejected the proposition that, quote, only those weapons useful in warfare are protected. For these three reasons, the explanation of the Massachusetts court offered for upholding the law contradicts this court's precedent, the Supreme Court wrote. Consequently, the petition for a writ of certiori and the motion for leave to proceed are granted. Judgment of the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts is vacated, and the case is remanded for further proceedings inconsistent with this opinion. Uh, since that time, stun gun bans have dropped uh, from the law books in uh, most states around the country. So Rosenthal is wrong in his argument that uh, uh, so-called assault weapons, modern sporting rifles, semi-automatic long guns, uh, did not exist at the time of the founding, so therefore they're not protected by the Second Amendment. The Supreme Court has said the exact opposite of that. Now, Rosenthal doesn't uh, make that same argument when it comes to uh, five-round magazines. In fact, his op-ed is pretty light on the idea or, or fleshing out the argument about uh, why five rounds would be enough uh, other than to say, well, I mean, listen, you know, hunters, uh, you can only have, uh, you know, five shells uh, when you're out there uh, duck hunting. So therefore, why would anybody need more than uh, five rounds? I have some questions. Now, obviously, obviously, I think that this is unconstitutional, but I do have some some legit questions about how they think this would work. In practice, because again, I'm looking here at this uh, initial ask or demand, I should say, right? Uh, implore Congress to enact a new national ban on all military style assault weapons and ammunition magazines greater than five rounds. So they don't say detachable magazines, right? So I'm assuming that this would apply to firearms with fixed magazines 
that can hold more than five rounds as well. They don't talk about any exemptions for rimfire rifles or anything of that nature. So it is possible. Now, now it's also possible, I should say, that uh, if this ever gets fleshed out to the point of, you know, draft legislation, maybe we'll see some of those exemptions pop up. But based on what they are demanding the Boston Globe, uh, John Rosenthal and his uh, fellow gun prohibitionists not only want Congress to enact a ban on so-called assault weapons, basically any firearm that could accept more than five rounds. So now you're not only talking about uh, banning modern sporting rifles, uh, banning, you know, rimfire rifles. Now you're talking about going after my wife's, you know, Henry 22 that has a 14-round fixed magazine. Now you're talking about presumably going after six-shot revolvers as having one shot too many, right? This is, um, obviously, this is an absurd idea. But this also, I think, again, shows that gun control advocates are starting to get a little more desperate and willing to show their face here to drop the mask. With the Heller decision, McDonald, now Bruin, uh, and the Supreme Court uh, taking up the issue of uh, prohibited persons, in Rahimi in the fall, with uh, challenges to existing bans on so-called assault weapons pending in the Fourth Circuit, Seventh Circuit, Ninth Circuit, I believe we still have them kicking around the Second and Third Circuits as well. Um, this is an issue that the Supreme Court is going to have to address before long, and I think the gun control activists know that the Supreme Court is not likely to uphold a ban on so-called assault weapons, uh, or large-capacity magazines. And again, this is a sign of desperation. Well, let's do what we can. Just like Gavin Newsom's proposed 28th Amendment, just like uh, Gabby Gifford's uh, no more guns comment, letting the mask slip a little bit, and uh, Peter Ambler, her uh, handler, having to come in, oh, no, no, that's not what she actually meant. I think it is what she actually meant. And I don't think that John Rosenthal of Stop Handgun Violence is really all that interested in protecting uh, six-shot revolvers. Because <laughs> I think John Rosenthal would like to see all of those firearms banned. Modern sporting rifles, revolvers, semi-automatic handguns, I, maybe a single-shot shotgun. Maybe an over-under, right? So you could have two rounds. But as we've seen, there is no limiting principle to the gun control ideology other than what they think they can get away with, or in this case, uh, how far can we go aspirationally uh, to enact these restrictions before the Supreme Court can step in and shut us down? Now, listen, I'll be honest with you, I don't think that uh, on a federal level, John Rosenthal's efforts are going anywhere, at least not for right now. We'll see what happens after the uh, 2024 election shakeout. Uh, but I think there's also another reason why this appeared in the Boston Globe, why John Rosenthal is doing this. You know, we talked with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League in Massachusetts not long ago. And uh, Representative Michael Day just introduced this sweeping, massive uh, bill in response. It meant to uh, update the state's gun laws. 
And what we see is that uh, there is a huge crackdown again on law-abiding gun owners, right? That is the focus. It's not about addressing violent crime. It's not about addressing repeat offenders. It is about cracking down on those who would exercise their right to keep and bear arms. I have a feeling that uh, John Rosenthal is hoping to have this uh, five-round magazine limit uh, included as part of that uh, gun control package in Massachusetts. There are a lot of state representatives who signed this uh, demand for Congress to ban assault weapons, quote-unquote, as well as large-capacity magazines over five rounds. So I think there is a very good chance that this comes up in Massachusetts, and that state may be the first one in the nation to define large capacity, which, again, is an invented term, right? Who decides what large capacity is? In California, it's 10 rounds. In Colorado, it's, uh, I believe, 20 rounds, 15 rounds. Uh, In Massachusetts, it may be five, right? Again, a a completely arbitrary and capricious definition dreamt up with by the anti-gunners who don't want you to have any ability to defend yourself with a firearm. And they just keep nipping away, right? 20 rounds, 15, 10, now five. I guess the next step would be one, maybe just zero. That's the ultimate goal anyway. We'll keep our eyes on uh, what's going on in Massachusetts in particular. As I said, I don't think this effort uh, on the part of John Rosenthal and his uh, fellow prohibitionists are going to get much traction on Capitol Hill. But Beacon Hill? Yeah, that's a distinct possibility going forward here. Uh, All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. And we'll go with a story out of Boston, where the uh, district attorney says a a man being held without bail in connection to a mass shooting that injured five people. As it turns out, this suspect, no stranger to the law, 27-year-old Traquan Duncan, facing charges including assault with intent to murder, illegal possession of a firearm and ammunition, illegal possession of a firearm second offense, and illegal weapons possession after a prior conviction. Now, he's being held without bail pending a dangerous hearing on July 17th, According to Boston police, in the early morning hours of July the 5th, officers responded to a reports of a multiple people shot. When they got there, they discovered a large crime scene filled with over 40 shell casings, multiple bullet fragments, and three separate firearms. Five shooting victims, all hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. It is possible that uh, Duncan uh, will not be the only individual arrested here. But again, let's go back to this. John Rosenthal says, well, listen, the answer to stop these types of shootings is to, to, to ban so-called assaultments, ban large-capacity magazines. I look at this and I see a 27-year-old with multiple convictions and apparently little to no time behind bars to show for it in a state that prides itself on having some of the most restrictive gun laws in the nation that apparently are on the books and are subjectively enforced uh in terms of both prosecution and certainly in terms of sentences that are applied by judges so what's going to have a bigger impact on violent crime in a place like boston imposing yet another ban making it doubly illegal to carry a firearm without a license or ensuring that there are consequences for violent crimes here when individuals like mr duncan are arrested the first time around because right now, seems like that's not happening. Massachusetts, as Jim Wallace points out, 
has uh, the highest violent crime rate of any New England state, despite, again, having some of the most restrictive gun laws of any state in the region. Higher violent crime rate than New Hampshire, which is constitutional carry. Higher violent crime rate than Vermont, which is constitutional carry. Higher violent crime rate than Maine, which is also constitutional carry. And uh, the answer in Boston and in Massachusetts writ large is always the same. We just have not done enough to crack down on legal gun owners. Now, obviously, that's not how they put it, right? We need more reasonable restrictions that, again, are aimed at people who are trying to obey the law. And apparently are not applied all that often to perpetrators of violence in Boston. So rather than trying to ban our way to safety, I don't know, maybe we could take a page out of history. It was Boston, after all, where Operation Ceasefire began in the late 1990s, an effort to combat juvenile homicides, not through the use of any new gun control laws, because again, these are juveniles, right? They're not illegally or they're not legally getting their guns anyway. So what they did with Operation Ceasefire back in the 90s, I was talking about this with Mark Walters on Armed America Radio uh, on a Monday. They uh, basically worked with, uh, you, had, you had academics working with the Boston Police Department, the gang unit, to identify the most violent prolific offenders, uh, most of whom already, again, in the system, already connected to a probation officer, parole officer. So they called in those individuals. And they were basically uh, met by two groups. On the one side, there were the community members, pastors, educators, counselors. And their message was, you're going to stop shooting. And we're going to help you. We're going to get you what you need, whether it's, again, your GED, whether you need job training, whether you need psychological counseling. We're going to get you what you need so that you can get on the right road. If you don't take advantage of that help, well, you're going to talk to those folks over here. And those folks over there, the chief of police in Boston, the district attorney, the U.S. attorney, representative from ATF, representative of the FBI. And their message was, listen, you need to take advantage of that help that those folks are offering. Because if you don't, well, we're going to kick your cases up to federal court whenever possible. We're not going to offer you plea deals. Our goal is to going to uh, remove you from society for as long as the law allows because you won't stop shooting. And so we want to help you, but we'll make you stop shooting if you don't take advantage of that opportunity. And yes, some people went to prison for a very long time, but a lot of people actually took advantage of that opportunity to escape the life and to turn uh, their life around. And juvenile homicides in Boston dropped by more than 50%. It's called the uh, Massachusetts Miracle. Operation Ceasefire has been replicated around the country. It is not um, a perfect program. Um, it does depend on, you know, interagency cooper uh, cooperation. You got to put egos aside. Sometimes things get waylaid. Uh, when uh, uh, Baltimore started instituting this, uh, right around the time Martin O'Malley became mayor, uh, O'Malley decided he wanted he wanted big splashy arrest numbers instead of you know targeting the most violent prolific offenders, which typically leads to a reduction in overall arrests, but a, a bigger reduction in violent crime. And I think it was like over the next three years there were eight hundred thousand arrests in Baltimore, and the homicide rates went up. So yes, it is possible to you know have Operation Ceasefire in place theoretically, and 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 it doesn't really work because the committee or the the city is not committed to it, or the city leaders are not committed to it. 
But when it is implemented the way it's supposed to be, when there is a um, sustained effort to put those programs in place and to keep them in place, then, yeah, you actually do see city streets become safer. Uh, you see fewer shootings. You see some people, again, go to prison for the consequences of their actions. But you also see a lot of individuals who are able to make these life-altering changes and are no longer at risk of being the victim or the perpetrator of these violent crimes. So the John Rosenthal apparently doesn't care much about it all. Instead, his answer, uh, go after your magazines, go after my magazines. Theoretically, we'll go after the magazines in the hands of the uh, lawbreakers. But, uh, hey, you know, really, let's just start with the, uh, the lawful gun owners first, and then maybe there'll be some sort of trickle-down effect on the actual perpetrators of violent crime. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. But, uh, again, we see what the criminal justice system looks like in practice in Massachusetts with the case of uh, Mr. Traquan Duncan there. Uh, today's Armed Citizen story, boy, this is a weird one, from Georgia. New York Post headline, Georgia mayor held at gunpoint after being accused of breaking into a lake house. Quote, do you know who the <laughs> I am? Yeah, this, uh, well, we do now. Uh, this was the mayor of South Fulton, Khalid Kamau, who apparently was arrested Saturday uh, after the homeowner of this uh, lake house called police just before 7 a.m. about a trespasser at his home. The victim said that while he was on the phone with police, uh, Kamau yelled at him several times, uh, yelling, do you know who the bleep I am? I'm the mayor. And I'll wait for my police to get here and see what happens then. Well, what happened was he was arrested for uh, breaking into the home or at least a trespass. Uh, the mayor told officers he was on his way to a dog park. When he stopped by the house, he uh, claimed that it was his dream home, that he one day hoped to purchase it. According to Fox 5 Atlanta, Kamal admitted to police that he was aware that he was trespassing on the homeowner's property. Um, I, I, although he told Fox 5 Atlanta he thought the home was abandoned. The uh, homeowner, who's not been publicly identified, said that uh, when he saw the mayor walk up to his driveway and then start to approach his home, a stranger coming there just before 7 o'clock in the morning, he quickly got dressed, called police while he was inside his truck, and then approached Kamal, held him at gunpoint until police arrived, uh, warning the mayor to stay put. When the uh, mayor allegedly uh, said, do you know who the I am? The homeowner replied, no, mother, you stay right there. Now, the homeowner, uh, not facing any charges, I think, uh, again, acted appropriately. Stranger uh, coming up. Uh, to his property just before seven o'clock in the morning. Not really sure what's going on here. Did not discharge his fire. Apparently, uh, uh, Kamau did not pose a threat to life and limb, but he wanted to make sure that uh, officers uh, were able to, uh, you know, get this individual in custody, not knowing who he was at the time. Uh, the mayor has since been charged with criminal trespass as well as first degree burglary, booked in the Fulton County Jail on $11,000 bond before he was released. According to the New York Post, city officials say the investigation is ongoing. Not provide uh, further details on the case. Uh, we will see how this case gets resolved. But again, the uh, homeowner uh, not facing any charges. And again, I think acting appropriately. You know, we've seen these horrible stories of, you know, somebody pulling into a driveway and all of a sudden the homeowner comes out and starts, you know, blasting away. No, you don't do that. There's no threat to life or limb there. There's no justifiable reason 
for you to pull the trigger in a circumstance like that. And there would not have been a reason for the homeowner in this situation to have pulled the trigger, given that the uh, mayor apparently posed no threat. He was someplace he wasn't supposed to be, allegedly, uh, but he did not try to uh, physically assault the homeowner or present any sort of a reason why the homeowner would have felt that he was in uh, fear for his life or, or great bodily harm. So I think the homeowner acted appropriately. I'm not sure the same can be said for the mayor, but again, we'll see how this case gets resolved in the uh, court system going forward. Finally today, our uh, good deed of the day in the right place at the right time, also in Georgia, Gwinnett County, where a uh, police officer stopped off for lunch at a Golden Corral and ended up saving a man's life on his lunch break. There you go. And here's a, a screenshot. You can see the bottom of the screen there. Uh, that is where the uh, individual who was choking was assisted by uh, Sergeant Leak of the Gwinnett County Police. This was back on uh, June 30th. Sergeant Leak has stopped off there at the Golden Corral for lunch, saw a man choking on food, went over to the man, performed Heimlich Maneuver. Uh, just one abdominal thrust was enough to uh, dislodge the food from the victim's throat, saved his life. Gwinnett police officials say all of our officers receive CPR, first aid, and AED training every two years, so we are prepared for an event like this. And again, you uh, never know. When that training might come in handy, it could be while you're stopping to fill up at a buffet one afternoon. So there you go, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. A Sergeant Leak there with the Gwinnett County Police Department. We thank you for your very good deed, and uh, hopefully you got a, at least a free dessert out of it from uh, Golden Corral. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow. and. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow as well, Wednesday, we've got our VIP Gold live chat with Hot Air's Ed Morrissey. Ed went to a gun show this past weekend in Waco. I went sporting clays shooting for the first time in a couple of years. So we've got some uh, fun stuff to talk about. In addition to all of the uh, big stories of the day, you can be a part of it as well. All you have to do, go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Become a VIP Gold member. You'll get access not only to exclusive content at Bearing Arms, but throughout the town hall uh, media library of families. So Hot Air, Town Hall, obviously, Red State, Twitchy, PJ Media. Uh, it is a great, great way to show your support for the independent journalism that we're doing. Obviously, we really do appreciate that support. If you use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership because that, again, one of our ways of saying thank you for uh, supporting what we do here at Bearing Arms because it really does matter and it makes a difference. So thank you again. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>